You're through to the Kiss and Not Tell hotline. Press 1 to get down. Press 2 to leave a cheeky message. Be careful what you say. These recordings can and will be shared. To hear those options again, press the hash key. Yeah, I get to press 1 first. Press any button to return to the menu. <laughs> You're through to the Kiss and Not okay, Tell hotline. Okay, I gotta do the cheeky Press message. 1 to one. get down. Please leave a message after the beep. When you have recorded your message, press the hash key. Hey everybody, this is D- uh, Adam. Hey, and it's Doug. Hey, LaRue. Uh, from imvdb.com, the internet music video database. Just leaving our cheeky message. It's being cheeky. And yeah, we love the video. And we're, we're just cheeky lads in general. So, you know, just in general. this is the kind of, uh, the the kind of line that we would be calling anyway, but we thought we'd call LaRue's line. Um, so anyway, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> you could hear the disappointment in the, that automatic <laughs> recording voice. Person, the dumbest fucking shit you know. Uh, well, hello everybody out there in Music Video Land, and welcome to another edition of the Music Video Land Podcast, brought to you by your super good friends at imvdb.com, the internet music video database. My name's Adam, I run ev- literally everything with imvdb, and the person who just takes all the credit over here is Mr. Doug Klinger in Pompano Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? I'm doing great, doing super good, just taking credit all day. Yep, just parties, parties, and alcohol, <laughs> um, and the drugs. Thanks all the production companies for sending us the free drugs. Um, Adam Alexander is not here with us this week um, because he's just gone missing. We don't know what happened, you know, whatever. I think he's had something to do with the subway plans they mentioned last op- episode. Um, but don't worry about that at all because we have an awesome guest with us this week on the podcast. Director slash director of photography, Mr. Kevin Phillips. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me. And we should mention, uh, we will have a link to Kevin's page, as well as a few other links, Kevin's IMVDB page, and a few other sites on uh, on the show notes, which you can find at imvdb.com slash podcast, because um, some of Kevin's working includes 3005 by Childish Gambino, uh, directed by Hiro Mirai, um, as well as a video we were just discussing just a few weeks ago, Go by Grimes, as well as a wait list by Watched Out, Washed Out um, and The City. Hashtag LA by Walter French, directed by our good friend, Mr. Matt Bowman. Um, and we also linked to a video that we... This is the greatest short film I think I've ever seen in my life, called Basketballs. We will definitely like <laughs> that. Oh, man, I'm really glad you like that. That's great to hear. Thank you. The narrative of that is just so... It's like woven so complex. <laughs> um, it just fit, right? When you, when you watch it, I think it's just a perfect fit. It does, yeah, it's, and it's just, you know, you don't know how it's going to end, but then, you know, that takes that twist at the end. Man, um, I really wish, um, I really, you know, to, to be honest, that film had a lot more uh, going for it, and it's like inspiration phase that involved uh, an anthill, <laughs> like a nearby anthill, and like macro shots of these ants that are getting like launched in the air because of the sex and the basketball. <laughs> so, so I think- do that i never got to do that and i should do that and i keep thinking in the back of my mind i gotta actually make that a reality um otherwise i just will never be satisfied ever well, and, and neither will we uh and so yeah uh, let's hope that this is this is that boost you need to uh yeah to make to give that director's cut uh what it deserves <laughs> And if anybody is wondering what the hell we're talking about, please go. We'll put it in the link of the show notes. Um, yeah, just pause the podcast. I don't care if you're driving, listening <laughs> to this on the road. Pause the podcast and just watch this video. It's like 50 seconds long, and right. uh, it's gonna it will improve your day significantly. So go for it. <laughs> so this week, uh, Duretti Shores was released by Lemonade, directed by Oscar Boyson, which you DP'd on. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about this video because this is one of our favorite videos of the week. Um, awesome. And not just because of the nudity, um, but because of. So t- for anybody who hasn't seen it, it takes place sort of in um, a, uh, a European kind of. Uh, was this in shot in Venice? Yeah, baby, Venice. Nice um, shot in Venice. Uh, these there's a kind of a mixture of uh, younger teens and older women, and there's a lot of kind of beach scenes. 
Um, it's kind of hard to describe. You kind of have to go see it. But I was wondering when you guys shot this and how you guys found yourself in Venice. Was it, did you go there to shoot this video? No. Well, um, it was a multi-tiered thing. Um, Oscar hit me up because he had a project. Um, I know Oscar from New York. Oscar's a really talented filmmaker. Uh, by all accounts, an actual, like I would say, a, a real filmmaker. Um, he produces... Um, for the Safdie brothers and for Noah Baumbach, um, and he directs as well. And he's got a very discerning eye and great, great taste and incredible knowledge of film history. Um, and so Oscar hit me up. I had known him through mutual friends for a minute, um, and he had this project. It's kind of hard to describe, but it was uh, essentially uh, Kuwait, uh, the country Kuwait's uh, entry into the Venice Architectural Biennale. Um, and with that, they wanted to make a short film. And so Oscar hit me up about coming to Venice, Italy, to shoot this Kuwaiti short film uh, with an Italian crew. Um, and it sounded great. And it was based off Kuwait's first uh, publication, uh, novelizations and novella called Munera. And it was a short story about a uh, oh, superstitious woman who's afraid she's not going to have a baby. It's not great literature, but <laughs> they made a great script out of this. The Kuwaitis and Oscar, they kind of gathered together and they made a great script. Um, and to cut this off short, because there's a lot of depth to this whole story, um, Oscar was like, man, listen, um, I'm putting my place in sublet for like two months. Uh, and he was from New York. And he said, um, let's shoot while I got you out there in Italy let's shoot some other things. What do you say? And I said, of course, for sure. And so we stayed in Venice and we traveled to Albanga and Alasio uh, for like 20 days or so. And so we did the Kuwaiti short film, which was like two weeks. And right there after, a couple days after we had a little bit of downtime, we, we launched ourselves into this Lemonade video uh, in which Lemonade, the band, are buddies with Oscar. They, I think we're touring, I don't remember exactly, but they made their way over to Venice to do this video. Um, and that's kind of how that went down. It was a two-day shoot. Uh, I got a first AC uh, named Tiz. Um, I ran through like six first ACs during this whole, this whole run in Venice. Uh, but it was all, they're all fantastic crew. Jeannie and, and Camera were incredible, uh, awesome Italians. The video kind of seemed like it... Uh... If I if I have it correctly, kind of was decided on while you guys were still out there. Is that right? Well, yeah. So Oscar had written a treatment beforehand to run by the the band and get them stoked on the idea of shooting in Venice. Um, I think one of his selling points was like this would be the only other music video ever shot in Venice aside from a Madonna video, um, <laughs> if I recall correctly. And uh, the band got stoked, and Oscar had a treatment that I, for the life of me, I can't. I don't want to say it was loose or abstract because it was very, it was pretty precise, and he's a pretty accurate guy. Um, but it definitely kind of molded itself uh, in the in the production of the video. Um, come come editing, um, I think the video turned out to be what we expected it to be and what we uh, what we desired for it to be while we were shooting it. Um, but the treatment, I think, was uh, was not a far cry from what we shot, but it was a little bit different. Um, what re remained for sure, um, and if Oscar's listening, I hope I hope he doesn't get mad if I get this wrong. But what remained for sure was the beach segment. Um, we definitely really wanted to kind of capture that, like you know, uh, very photographic, uh, so to speak, um, moments on the beach, and kind of like bring them into this vibe. Um, and it, uh, seems, and yeah. it seems like there was a lot of opportunity for you to kind of go go nuts with like just finding things to film because there seems to be a lot of shots that I'm not even sure the people are aware they're in them. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. In the, in the beach moments, for sure. We just sniped it. Um, we had, I mean, it was like, it was a schlep, the whole shoot, you know, I mean, it was like us running around with an Alexa and this like old Coke Ver Veritol, um, and like something like a 24 to, oh God, what is it? 180? Maybe. I can't remember that exact range. Um, but it was this old uncoated lens. It was extremely beautiful, but no, but not really small by any any means. And then we had an extender on it, a doubler. And so we were uh, we just like planted ourselves on the beach in like a crowded area for hours and just kind <laughs> of looked around. And then we would move to where we saw things in the distance, and we would 
line up and just get the shots. And everyone on the beach, you know, n nobody's moving fast on the beach except those that are running out to the water. Everyone's like moving kind of at their own pace. So it was like a beautifully kind of meditative uh, filming experience, if you can imagine. And there's a uh, Adam. Adam mentioned there are some uh, you know women in their later years, uh, uh, kind of like sexualized a little bit in the videos. Was that did you guys have stuff like planned out of what you were trying to capture with with this beach stuff, or did you kind of just let the beach kind of dictate that? No, definitely had an idea. Um, at least uh, at least kind of a concept of like uh, the type of um, uh, the type of material that we were wanting to, to capture and like what we expected to to find. Uh, just unique moments of like people as a concept kind of um, in this environment. Um, there is definitely like, you know, sexuality that we wanted to find in, in the moments. And there's some that we staged as well, for sure. Um, and some of the people are definitely, you know, aware that we were filming them. And like, you know, we kind of got these moments uh, with, you know, with their, uh, uh, you know, agreement, so to speak. But um, it was at the, by the time we made this video, I think Oscar and I were on such a similar wavelength from like making like this real cinema with this short film to like, you know, and being in like the thick of it to launching into this video um, that it was just kind of a, uh, it just made sense. The language was already there. Um, so it was, it wasn't like a question of like what to capture or what not to capture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, one thing that I definitely wondered about watching the video, maybe it kind of flew by me. Um, is the the kind of like hand communication that you had to capture between people, not just on, especially on boats, but in other places. Um, I was wondering what the, you know, what you and Oscar talked about in terms of w what that would play, how that, what role that would play in the video and, and you know, how I, closely you wanted to get to that. For sure. I think Oscar and I have a, an equal like affinity for uh, gestures um, and just even down to like a really almost, like basic idea of like uh, the human body and like form um, not to sound pretentious but I think that there's something that's like you know that we both like find like really interesting about that and how that relates to language and how that relates to just communication um, and how Italy and as you know is has these like you know renowned like gestures that like kind of you know mean different things um, and a lot of it's tied to like mafia, a lot of it's tied. To, I think a lot of it just goes goes way way back. Um, I can't really say for sure exactly, but I know that Oscar was very much in the know of like wanting to capture uh, this type of um, language. Um, and he Oscar had made a previous video actually for a band that escapes me right now, but it's excellent. Um, and there's uh, this wonderful sequence of police officers using hand signals. Um, that's kind of like uh, scattered around that video. That's like really, uh, really, really well done. The whole thing is so well done. And I think he kind of wanted to carry that into this video to see how this one video that like takes place in New York City can relate to a video that takes place in Italy. I'm curious because you talk a lot about Oscar and how he has a you know a extensive film background and you know he was very deliberate in a lot of the things that he's doing and the last video that released that you worked on um, Go by Grimes uh, is directed by um, Grimes herself um, which who doesn't have as extensive obviously of a film background Grimes is a um, a musician first. I, I'm curious if you can kind of compare the two working relationships with those two directors and, and, and how they differ from and how they're similar. For sure. Um, I, I would say that I've, I truly believe that I had like great working relationships with, with both directors. Um, and as a matter of fact, with like most of the directors I've worked with recently, as of the, the past you know, number of months, have been very rewarding um, for their differences and for their similarities. Um, whereas I would say that Oscar is very discerning and has, you know, uh, a certain uh, film history that he brings to the table. Um, uh, working with Claire was was extremely fresh um, and rewarding in the sense that she's like a she's very much an artist um, uh, first and foremost. Yeah, yeah, she's a musician, but I would say that like sh like she clearly has an energy and desire to. Um, to express herself through like a number of mediums, you know, um, it makes sense to me that she wants to direct her own videos. I get it, you know, uh, and as much as I would love to direct a video for 
for Claire. I think you know it totally, it totally makes sense that she wants to have that type of control, um, and that she wants to use that medium to further express her, you know, whatever it is that she wants to express. Um, Claire, whereas not necessarily bringing direct film reference to the table, brought a lot of inspiration in, in more abstract ways. And a lot of things that we can relate to. Um, we both really liked that Carly Rae Jepsen "Call Me Maybe" song, and we like really hit it <laughs> off on that. And like that was pretty good. So it was like this really abstract kind of thing, you know? That like it's like, oh yeah, this song fucking rules, right? This is like a great fucking pop song. And it's like, yeah, absolutely, we could high five on that. And then bring into the table. I mean, like one thing, like like in terms of of film and and whatnot. Like uh, Claire is like a huge anime fan, and like for all intents and purposes, so so am I. Um, and I will reference this show, Neon Genesis Evangelion, pretty much all the time, always, for anything I'm doing, uh, if I, you know, really, really care about the project and really love the director. Um, I just find it as, like, an incredible, like, a foundation of, of, like, cinematic craft in all respects. And so Claire clearly was on the same page and, like, knew what I was talking about. Um, and like we hit it off there, and then in other areas such as like um, making reference just to kind of um, certain type of humor that we could bring into the piece, uh, certain type of dynamism that we could bring into the piece. Uh, she really is a huge Lord of Rings fan, Lord of the, uh, not Lord of, the, well, yes, Lord of the Rings, but um, what's that show called? Um, Game of Thrones. What's that? yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, see, that's the problem is I I've, I've watched like one episode of Game of Thrones, um, so. <laughs> She, she, like, comes in full force being like, I love Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I don't know Game of Thrones, but I can match you on a couple of other things here. Um, and so, you know, despite, like, one absence and, like, a big inspiration point, um, we made up for it in, like, a number of, of others, you know? As abstract as they may have been, um, we managed to take them and relate them to film. And, like, that, to be honest, that was, like, so awesome. Um, I love working relationships like that, where it's like, yeah, we're making we're making a film, but let's not make it all about film. Let's like pull from you know some weird deep recesses of inspiration. So how did the like? So you guys bonded on the Carly Rae Jepsen song. Who, who <laughs> kind of broached <laughs> that first? Was it like did it just like come out on? Did, so was somebody Honestly, was it someone's ringtone? I guess that was. <laughs> point i guess like that came after our first shoot day we were in the desert at the dunes it was like this insane schedule like the whole shoot shooting experience was was very intense um and um in the sense that like uh it was super rewarding but it was very intense um the budget was tight of course as always and uh claire and uh yeah not to mention that claire co-directed this video with her brother mac uh, who is like an incredibly special, wonderful human being, um, who brought like a lot to the table, who I believe is very talented, uh, albeit young, but like, you know. So Max studied film in, in uh, Canada, I believe, um, and had and came, brought to the, the table a, a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty big passion for film um, and a pretty good like knowledge basis of previous films. And we really were able to kind of like hit it off on that and so that like kind of balanced the working relationship with Claire. Um, it was actually like a really nice ideal kind of balance. Um, they were really fun to work with as a brother and sister. They were very, they were uh, you know, they were very charming with one another um, and like very respective of one another and uh, you know very respective of me and like end of the entire crew. They like, the whole relationship. I think um, everybody involved in that project brought a lot of love to it. Um, because there was just a lot of positivity behind it, despite despite the challenges of making it. Um, it was a very ambitious video. Mac and Claire are very ambitious. Um, that's no joke. Um, <laughs> but I love that, you know. And and to be honest, I think I would say that about Oscar too. Oscar is an extremely ambitious uh, filmmaker. Um, but I yeah. But you know what? What they it's okay because they bring this like severe passion to it. Um, that you can't help but like believe in and like want to see through. And in terms of like uh, how you got brought onto that project, was there a uh, and and kind of the beginnings of it? Was there a, a treatment like a standard treatment that you would normally get on a music video? Um, off for the Grimes video. I remember that I wanted to. 
I've been speaking to uh, Lana Kim and Jet Steiger at Ways and Means, uh, two very good friends of mine in a production company that I work with often, um, who produced the Grimes video. I remember speaking to them back in the, the day when the Genesis video uh, came out. Even before that, I really, truly wanted to direct that Genesis video. Um, and I was, like, pining for it. And um, when that didn't happen, when it was announced that Claire was going to be directing it, um, I was up to shoot it for a minute. Um, but then I couldn't do it, and Drew Bieneman got it, who's like a lovely DP unto himself, and uh, I went on to do something else. Um, and uh, still was a huge fan of Grimes, um, still would have loved to have done something uh, with her. And so when it came time for this, um, I got a phone call from Lana, and she said, like, you know, uh, we want you to shoot this Grimes video, like, are you available and whatnot? And I said, absolutely. Uh, would love to do it. They're like, there's very little money. I'm like, okay. They're like, the treatment's ambitious. I'm like, okay. Uh, they're like, this is going to be like film school stuff. I'm like, all right, just send over the treatment. Let's see what's what. And they sent it, and it was um, not far off from what the video turned out to be. I mean, it was very basic treatment. Um, I don't know who made the treatment, whether it was Mac or Claire. I have no idea. I don't think we ever really talked about that as much as... Uh, I read the treatment. Um, it was very clear in certain ways, very ambiguous in others, but that's fine. Uh, and then I met with Claire and Mac shortly thereafter, after they decided that uh, they wanted me to shoot it, um, which was a huge you know, pleasure, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, and we met up and we just talked it out. And certain things changed, but like the, the very basic uh, conceptual like, uh, ideas are just are there and we're there, which is like, okay, we're going to shoot at Bombay Beach, we're going to shoot at the dunes, and we're going to shoot in the studio. And the studio feels like this, and the dunes feel like this, and Bombay Beach feels like this. And so that we had that as like a, a foundation, and we kind of just took it and uh, built it up from there. And we should mention that uh, anybody who sees the name Rocco Prime, that is the new directing duo name for uh, Claire Boucher and Mac Boucher. Um, they got they have, they have their own directing moniker, duo moniker. So maybe we will see work from them that maybe is not a Grimes video in the in the future. You never know. Um, but how how old is Mac? He, you said you mentioned he's young. Yeah, I couldn't. Oh man, I don't want to get this wrong. Um, Just say maybe, twelve. Yeah, yeah, Max twelve. <laughs> I think, which is really which is really impressive if you can uh, believe it. Um, and there, so this is kind of a. Uh, off top or kind of tangential thing, but one of the things that struck me with this video is that there that we don't like see that much anymore. I feel like is the fisheye lens. I, I maybe is it. I'm not sure if that's the correct term. Um, yeah, no. For, uh, what? Who's who? Who brought that to the table? Claire and Mac totally brought that to the table. Um, I that was one of the things that was really in. in I was really into in the treatment. Uh, it was like this uh, Missy Elliott hype Williams reference. I yeah. believe it was. Hype did it. Yeah, and like they're like, we want to do this, and then you immediately immediately see that image reference, and you think of like Claire in that, and it's just like, oh, absolutely. Um, so she brought it, and uh, and Mac brought it, and yeah, and I was all about it. And so the other video that we wanted to uh, kind of mention because we, this is a video we've talked a lot about in the podcast is the three thousand and five video by Challenge Gambino. Um, which anybody who hasn't seen it, it's the video, or maybe has seen it and just don't remember, doesn't remember the name. It's the video with Childish Gambino and Donald Glover and the bear in the Ferris wheel at the fair, um, and it just goes around and around. And um, you, you know, a, this is one of those videos where I watch it and you know I love it, and I kind of wonder technically how you know you guys approach shooting this because I can't think of any kind of environment where lighting conditions and all sorts of conditions change than going around a Ferris wheel. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that that job, if I recall correctly, happened very quickly. Um, I was on set doing a B camera for uh, uh, my buddy Eli Bourne, a very, very talented cinematographer. And um, I got the call from Hero. And I actually, it wasn't even a call as much as it was a text message and uh, a video being like, hey, buddy, how do you, how would we accomplish this shot? And it was him on a Ferris wheeler, Ferris wheel with his uh, his producer uh, Kim, and 
he was holding this 5D sitting next to her, and he was kind of like doing this like kind of push in type of shot, and then like kind of uh, I believe panning out to see the the rest of the world um, outside the the Ferris wheel cart, and so I thought about it, and I, I recall getting back to him quite quickly, uh, saying like we need kind of like a power slider. Um, Something that you know can we can remote operate from the ground, but be like a six foot rail where the camera can uh, you know kind of accomplish this move, but then it needs to be on like a Scorpio head so we can kind of pan it around. And wouldn't it be awesome to be uh, yeah on a Scorpio head and have three axes that we can kind of twist and rotate around and whatnot? And so that conversation launched uh, into the actual production of the video quite quickly. Um, we contacted Doggy Cam. Um, who are renowned for like incredible feats of technology and film, uh, notably Children of Men, um, and uh, there's that scene where they are uh, the car, the whole like that like a ten minute sequence with the car and Julian Moore getting shot in the car and like the horde of people like you know crowding the car. That whole thing, that incredible cinematic set piece was uh, you know in part made uh, by the help of Doggy Cam. Anyway. Incredible dudes out of Los Angeles. Uh, they had just the tool for us. I remember it was a discussion of can we do four feet or six feet. And it was a rigging, it was an intense rigging situation though, because the way Ferris wheels work with the um, with like gravity in the carts, we had to create an entire uh, uh, counterbalance system. So we had our key grip, uh, who was great, um, rig this whole system along with Dunn Cam. And uh, uh, Bryce Bradley was my gaffer at the time, and we added some accent lights and some things in the back and some things to hit the lens specifically at certain points. Um, and we uh, we prepped for like, what, eight hours, and then we shot for the remaining uh, four. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty, after, like, it was mainly just a prep, you know, like that was the real, real intense thing. Uh, everything else was pretty dialed in. It's like we're going to use this lens. It's going to be this far from the subject. It's going to be this high, um, and it's going to go like this fast. And um, yeah, we just operated the whole thing remotely from the ground, and uh, it was a very rewarding, wonderful shoot. I love working with Hero. And and was this a was this a, a true one shot? Uh, this video because I know Hero uh, has a as a way of being tricky sometimes and has a lot of videos that appear to be one shot that may may not actually be. Was this a true one shot for this one or were you building in cut points as well? We built in cut points. Um, uh, in between uh, versus, uh, versus we built in cut points. So like um, when the camera would pan off uh, uh, Gambino and like out into the world, we would spin it and we would operate it and we would get as much as possible and so that's the thing with the Scorpio head is that it's cabled in. So it was an Alexa M, a uh, small Alexa body on the Scorpio head that can kind of rotate on three axes. And so I'd be on the ground kind of turning this camera around. My first AC, Matt Sanderson, would be pulling focus. And, but we, could, we had to take into account how many rotations it could do before the cabling would round, you know, kind of wire in around it um, and uh, essentially choke it and then, like, you know, fuck up. Um, so uh, we had, we, I think, I believe we did the whole video in one pass, um, but we definitely kind of included cut points in there in the pre-visualization of it. And there's, so this is another question that I think is more kind of, kind of uh, is born out of running a music video database because we see a lot of, you know, the, the camera credits, you know. I think we have up to like six AC. I think there's one video that has like a sixth AC assistant camera. I don't know if that would, why why that would ever happen. And I was wondering for people who who are listening who are not familiar with sort of how like the camera crew works between you know you as the head of it, the director of photography, and the other people around it. What is what is the job of you know the first AC as opposed to you know what you're doing? Oh, he's a focus puller uh, first and foremost. Um, and he is in charge of, you know, building the camera and making sure that every tool that is essential to, you know, capturing the photography of the film is there and uh, fits, uh, so to speak. That makes and sense. And then, many, yeah, many other little, like, wonderful details. Uh, the first I see is an essential position. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm very humbled 
by the talent of all the first ACs that I work with. And when you say uh, build the camera, that's uh, putting a just just to break it down even more. That's putting a lens on a, a monitor, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, there's so many components that could be adapted to a camera these days, depending on the actual manufacturer of the camera, depending on the lens that you're trying to use with this camera. You could strip a camera down to the, these days to the bare basics, which is like uh, you know a camera body, a magazine to you know record to, and a lens. Um, and a battery. Um, sometimes though, you need to like totally outfit it um, to handle like a big long zoom. And that way you need support rods, you need a math box, you need filters for it. Usually you're gonna need that type of thing. And so the, the more challenging the conditions, uh, the more challenging the, uh, or, or I would say that, you know, the more challenging the conditions and um, depending on what it is you're actually trying to photograph or film within those conditions, uh, the more likely the camera can get built up, if that makes sense. Um, and so, again, at the end of the day, um, there, there, is, there is a possibility to have like an insane amount of components that need to be attached to a camera. And what pop song did you and Hero bond over Oh, that's actually really curious. Um, I don't know if there was one. I think we just bonded over each other's, like, you know, positive, uh, you know, positivity towards one another. I was a fan <laughs> of work, and I think he liked mine. Um, and we had mutual friends. Um, I think I met Hero through David Altabelli, actually, director David Altabelli. Um, I think that's how that relationship kind of came about. And you and you work with a, a lot of different. Is that typically you know uh, Joe Cafali, uh, Matt Bowman, and uh, like you mentioned, David Altabelli, Forklops. Uh, you, you've worked with a, a variety of different directors um, who who all seem to be kind of close. Is pretty much a personal relationship with with everybody. It's interesting. I think a lot of I'm super blessed to have like some really incredible friends and uh, coworkers who I'm happy to call friends. Um, in Los Angeles, in New York, kind of all around the country. And it, it's amazing how like, effectively small or smaller my world becomes as I grow, old, as I grow older, uh, in the sense that everybody kind of seems to know somebody. You know, it's like the Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, but like in real life, if, you know, if that makes sense. Um, I, knew, I know Hero through a number of people, um, including David Altabelli, but some of those people might not know David directly. So it's like a, it's that type of, you know, I guess, ordinary situation, actually. It all seems to come back to Hero a lot. I, we, we, I don't know. He seems to come up a lot Hero, on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, Hero has done an incredible amount of work. He's extremely prolific, you know? And um, his work's, you know, you know, aside from being prolific, it's, like, very good. Uh, he has, a, you know, incredible taste, and he's very talented. Um, and so... Heroes friends that work in film, that work in art, um, you know, are talented as well in their own in their own way. Um, he's a good, uh, yeah, he's a good starting point, so to speak. Six roads lead to hero. hero, right? All roads roads lead to hero on this podcast because we're just like constantly talking about his music videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, right. Everything he makes is great, so let's talk about it. Um, and then sometimes you'll see a video where, like, did Hero work about work with this? And you'll scroll to the the very bottom of the credits, and it's like, you know, uh, it's like a thank, yeah, like a thank v- you. yeah, thank you, Hero, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Just people um, throwing him props. Well, we have a, a a slate of music videos to talk to. Some of them suck, and some of them are awesome. Speaking of awesome videos, um, but like we mentioned, if you want to check out. Kevin's work, including the URL swimmoves.com, which has so much more than music than just music videos, including the aforementioned short, uh, which is very short, less than a minute, basketballs with a Z. Um, all those links will be in the show notes at imvdb.com. You actually, you're you are on a lot of sites, uh, Kevin. You have on uh, Body Holographic and a few other ones as well. Yeah, that's like a that's a particularly old site. Actually, I'm I'm pretty terrible at the internet. I think, <laughs> uh, and uh, I've never honestly. I'm I'm. It's kind of embarrassing, I guess. Um, be, but I'm I'm okay with it because there's so many other people that are way better at it than me. 
Um, and a lot of them are my friends and they can like kind of help me out with like getting things done when I, you know, need a hand. Um, but my patience is often tried with like getting my work on a place that's like viewable. It's like a real, it's a, yeah, I'm like my own worst enemy there, I guess. But yeah. Well, one of those places, one of those places we manage. And so we'll help, we'll help you out and, and get as much as you can. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, we, we have one of those places. So, and that's, and that's why it'll be in the show notes. So you see uh, some of your work and, and we'll make sure it's all, by the time people are listening to this, it's going to be full of, of your, of even more. Um, so sweet. And, and also I have to, one look at your Twitter account. I disagree that you're bad at the internet because that, that's hilarious. You don't tweet very frequently. Um, but there's some there's some gems in there. You drop some gems. Thank you, man. That means a lot, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, we we don't give we don't give Twitter compliments on this podcast very often. So <laughs> can't uh, wait till Christmas. Uh, cool. Well, uh, let's let's talk about because um, we can talk about Twitter accounts all night. But we should uh, we should talk about some of this week's um, music videos. And I I I personally would like to start with um, Tron Song by Thundercat, directed by Eric Andre. You guys okay with starting with this video? I think it'd be cool. For sure. Cool. Uh, if you, if anyone listening is not familiar with Eric Andre, uh, he is a comedian. He's actually from Boca Raton, represent. Uh, he's a comedian. He has a television show on Adult Swim called The Eric Andre Show. It is produced by uh, Tim and Eric's production company, Absolutely Productions. And it's insane. It's, it's one of the most hilarious deranged shows you could see. And... Uh, the way this video came about, because Eric Andre doesn't frequently direct music videos, um, this is part of a Jash series. Jash is a, a web um, online channel that Tim and Eric are also a part of, um, and, and they're, they're, they have a series of 5K series where they give a comedian and a musician $5,000 to make a music video, and Chance the Rapper and Hannibal Burris did one uh, last year. And this year, uh, they gave Eric Andre and Thundercat five grand, and this Tron song music video is the result of that. And uh, it's insane. Um, can 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 someone even explain what happens in this video? Should we just talk about some of the elements? What what should we go? What should we do from here? It it is full of. Well, first of all, you should mention that it, it is uh, shot and uh, kind of morphed into like a ve- not just like a '90s VHS style, but a very jittery like it like this tape has been you know there's like 10 passes of like daytime tv (laughs) taped on the vhs that this is on um but it is there are a lot of um really kind of disturbing things in this uh that i did not expect at one point thundercat is uh shitting into a giant sandbox cat box um there's a few i think i've blocked a few of these out of my mind i don't know <laughs> he then discovers after that he discovers a gun and then and then starts immediately shooting himself in the crotch uh that's and, part i think is that his him finding the gun in this in the cat box <laughs> like the literal sandbox whatever it is i really i really found that amazing he just because he first he like discovers some like dark black object and you're like oh i know where this is going and then you don't <laughs> Because you, nobody imagines that happening, except for, of course, Eric Andre. Uh, yeah, and and uh, another thing we should mention is there's like a ton of, of effects that are like made to look like they're from the future, but since everything's got this this VHS '90s feel, obviously it looks like uh, terrible, intentionally terrible. A lot of like green screen dudes just like coming out of nowhere and, and moving around. It's incredibly violent and uh, all the way up until like the very end where where Eric Andre makes an appearance and has staring contest with Thundercat and his head blows up for no reason. Very uh, Cronenberg. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's also very, very Eric Andre's this, if you want, you know, this is this is his style, and and kind of very Tim and Eric too. There's like a Tim and Eric style that that you can kind of point to that they kind of popularized, um, particular with, particularly with Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job, and that's kind of carried through into the Eric Andre Show and into this video. There's a moment in this video that that I kind of I laugh the most at, and it's really really short. It's when 
he is uh, shooting himself repeatedly in the crotch with the gun. That's my favorite part too. Yeah, really. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then there's like a little like piece of the music that that sounds like a spring. It's like boring or something, and he he flies off the moon or something. And it was, it was <laughs> hilarious. And it's great too because they're shot like clearly on a green screen, like knees up, uh, <laughs> and and but like so when he rockets away, the rockets just like at his shin. It's not like at his feet or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was taking notes, uh, just like writing down my thoughts, and I, I wrote the other highlight was when he was firing the gun at his dick in space and launching <laughs> upwards. And I'm like, well, that's just an enticing enough sentence, you know, to like really uh, kind of, you know, keep me in, in totally invested and interested in this video. Um, right. That could have been the treatment, and that yeah. would have been enough. I, which I don't. I don't believe they. I don't believe there is a treatment for these videos. Like uh, we talked to Hannibal Burris and Austin Vesley, um, who co-directed the video with Hannibal. And basically, the way it works is they just like go into the Jash office, they get a five thousand dollar check, and they say, "Do do what you will." Um, and yet, it's it's a really insane way to music, make a music video. It's nothing like what it's like in reality. Um, I was watching this thing and I'm like, who directed this? How? Like, what is the relationship between Thundercat and this director that they're 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 going this distance, you know, so comfortably? Right. Uh, then I guess it started to make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. When you start to kind of piece it together and and uh, and see where it goes, but yeah, it's very very intense. But like, and like we mentioned, you're hearing this like dude shooting himself in the crotch and stuff, and like, yes, it's violent and there's a lot of like shitting and cats, but it's also like. It's it's so insane and it's like presented in such like a way that it's actually hilarious. Like it's not violent at all. Like this video is this video is tagged with police brutality and it's just like that's just because at one point there's just like a cop punching Thundercat in the face for no reason and then they both they both get hypnotized by like a cat in a window. Um, so it's it's not really and the uh, song is so dissonant as well. It's not like a it's not like a catchy song. There's there's a little bit of a... The song... Maybe I'm way off base and I'm insulting this guy, but uh, the song sounds a little bit like a, a comedy act as well. It's not a... I, I, it's a, a Thundercat. I wouldn't call it like a comedy act, but it's like something that certainly like lends itself to this this type of video. Like very like, like interesting and... Uh, I, I can't... Thundercat's an, an artist that's very, it's hard to kind of pigeonhole him, yeah, but yeah. Uh, if he fits, it, this this video fits it perfectly. Um, anyway, that's, that was a fun one. That's that's fun. I'm glad we, we talked about that. Let's talk about another one now. Um, let's let's go with the 1975 uh, Hard Out. You guys, you guys down with, with this one? Uh, 1975. This was oh. the one where the kids, this was the one where the kids are playing the part of the band members in a... Uh, what appears to be a talent show, and this is directed by Adam Powell and Math- Matthew Healy. Matthew Healy is the lead singer of the 1975. Um, so this is a fun video, I think. I, I enjoyed this video a lot. Uh, Adam Powell works frequently with the 1975, and so it adds another layer to this video because essentially the kids, and this is one of the things I love so much about this video, is uh, the kids, particularly the, the guy who, the kid who plays Matthew Healy, gives like a fantastic performance like performance if you compare like other Matthew Powell performance videos of the 1975 like this is treated really similarly and and it makes sense and the kids give a a fantastic performance and they're dressed the same Matthew Healy has a very interesting hairstyle that the kid takes on um uh so yeah super super fun video did you guys like this one uh yeah I I said I thought the first my first thought was that I don't like the song and the syncopation with the visuals is weird, but then that was just like a little like preamble, and then it kind of launched in, um, and it still felt a bit weird. Uh, launched in a little too quickly for me. Uh, the shot of the old people looking astonished and clapping didn't really work for me, but the rest of it is kind of charming. I thought, you know, the photography is nice, and there's, you know, there's definitely some solid variety in the shot design. Um, it doesn't in the end go enough places for me, but I think the edit is quite tight. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm with you on that, Kevin. In in terms of, th- there's, there's a yeah, especially the shot of the old people with the and I, you know I don't mean to, to you know insult the video or Adam Powell, Powell Mike Healy or anything like that. It just feels a little 
too knowing or contrived in a way like you know we're gonna do something weird let's get old people let's make it uh you know the uh, the audience really small let's have these girls kind of doing something awkward I, I always feel like you can kind of tell when it's coming from a place of oh we're gonna do this you know and make it this way or if it's actually sort of coming from a place where um and where there's an authenticity to it um I, and it's a, there's a difference between that you know this and like the tron the tron song in a way which are the, they're totally two different videos but they are both kind of grasping at the same thing they want you to be kind of shocked and feel like this is weird but in the end i think one is is more successful than the other yeah i i agree with that and and uh i guess you can draw a connection because there is a a video that feels kind of like that tron song video and, and er, the eric wareheim um uh, youth uh, MGMT youth video that also has right, like ki- yeah. kids performing, um, and that feels weird. It, it does. Like obviously, it, it feels super weird. Uh, and it, it and those elements weren't certainly weren't what drew me to this video. I I was more drawn to the the kids' performance as the 1975 and like the and like the way the kid nailed it. I I do agree though that there. I wish it went somewhere else, and it and it does. And I, I kind of also really like the the very ending where the kids kind of walk off stage and then the fireworks hit. Um, that was kind of like a, a good beat for me at the end there too. But I, I agree that the the like awkward mm-hmm. element feels tacked on uh, tacked on to the to the video and the twerking the twerking girls. Well, the we can bring this stuff. back to hero because he this, is, this this has shades of the um, uh, shady love yeah yeah for for uh, scissor sisters. Right, right. We can bring. Okay, so all roads do lead back to hero. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever somebody doesn't do something well, we can point to a hero video that did it better. Uh, <laughs> Shady Love, which is interestingly enough full of kids from the first year of OMG cameras everywhere. A fun, fun fact. Um, I did not uh, know that. Yeah, it's fun. It's a couple of them were at the second year as well. Uh, but yeah, they were all OMG kids, which is fun. Uh, I think they tried not to do that, but it was kind of too perfect. Um, <laughs> So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Les Sins Bother. Les Sins, who I don't know if I'm saying his name right. This is Tori Ima. I don't say anything right. Uh, somebody say that guy's name better for me. It doesn't matter. But okay, doesn't we, matter. We, what does matter is the fact that this is directed by Harry's, which is a directing duo that is either no longer together or have changed their name. Yeah, I don't want to fan any any uh, flames of, of rumors. I, there's nothing that necessarily indicates that these guys have broken up other than these rumors. However, it's interesting. The video is some outlets are calling it Harry's, but they uh, took a point on their Vimeo account, which is where this video was released, to, um, to credit themselves individually. Now, I don't know if they're just going to go... Uh, as far as we know, they could just go forward and be be crediting themselves individually, and that's how it's going to work. Um, but it is interesting. It's something that we're going to pay attention to because, yeah, they were going. Everything was released as Harry's, and uh, not this. So that's fun. So the 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 kind of concept of this video is very easy to explain. I believe these are called wacky waving inflatable. Somethings. That's well. That's what they were called on episode of Family Guy, I think. No, no, no. Where... This is what they are actually called. <laughs> the word or something like that. What's Say that again? Aren't they called Sky Dancers? I thought it was Sky Dancers. I didn't know that the name Wacky was actually in the name of these <laughs> things, but uh, I believe that, and it's definitely a thing. And Adam just provided me a link from an Amazon thing that says <laughs> "inflatable wacky waving tube man." So. <laughs> Uh, he proved me wrong with one click of the mouse. One twenty. This is not am- available on Amazon Prime, but it is only one hundred and twenty nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and it not- is in stock. And there's a few more. Some of them are called uh, inflatable air dancer tube mans, fly guys. You know, you've seen them outside of your favorite used car dealership. Uh, it's a thing. It just kind of spurts air through a man made of nylon. Man meaning just like a tube and arms, and. Uh, and it waves around. And basically, what Harry's have done is uh, put put one of these two men uh, in in a ton of beautiful landscapes. And uh, you know, kind of a lot of times, it's you know framed really wide. And uh, you know, the tube man is in the distance. He's always like staring off into the sunset. 
um, all the while waving waving like a used car, like you would at a used car dealership. So it was a really interesting for me juxtaposition of those two images. Um, this tube man that you typically see at these tacky locations in these really beautiful settings. I yeah, at the beginning of this, I was like, "Whoa, how are they gonna do this for three minutes and thirty eight seconds?" But that's kind of one of the the, the the genius things about Harry's, where they they can take something that seems kind of like, "Oh, how can I sit through this for three minutes?" And by the end, you're like, "Oh shit, that's over." Um, like I just tweeted uh, uh, one of my favorite screenshots from this video at the um, art. You know, Art of Music video Twitter account and Facebook account, which you should totally follow, um, and it is of this wacky waving inflatable inflatable tube man kind of peering over a hedge at these two ladies who are sunning oh, that's, themselves. That's an amazing moment for sure, um, and it happens I think at a perfect point in the video. It does, um, yeah, right when you need it to happen. I mean, this uh, this concept is so prime to use, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if it hasn't been used already uh, in a video. Uh, this thing, you know, this uh, wacky whatever the fuck Scott is. Um, it's funny, like, I, I have a friend uh, who was just talking to me about a video, um, not necessarily a music video, but a project involving one of these things just the other day. And as soon as I started watching this video uh, today, I was like, oh, shit, I, got, I have to tell this kid. And so I like, sent him the link immediately. Um, you know, that said... Uh, you know, I really actually liked this video. I thought uh, it, the syncopation with the music was quite strong. Um, I love the close-up of the cars in the beginning. Uh, I wish they were a little more stable, uh, with a little more contrast, but I think that's just based on, you know, that's just the look. I think it may have been shot on film, um, at least at least processed to look like it was shot on film, like 16 millimeter, it seemed. Well, Harry's, Harry's work frequently uh, with Evan Proflosky, so I do believe that they, they yeah. favor film. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, well, so that makes sense to, uh, that makes sense, like, indeed. In and I think there's some burnouts and, and whatnot in the edit uh, that point to that. Um, but I really did like the visual style. Um, I thought it was quite beautiful, more often than not. And I really appreciated the reach of the video. And, like, them making this concept work for, like, you know, three and a half minutes, like you said, you know, is it pretty brilliant. Um, I liked it, yeah. And I think it's one of the, you know, when you get down to it, when you talk about like what makes a good director or director duo above you know a, a crappy director and i think one of like the things that's unique to music videos is taking something that is a music video concept that could be over in 20 seconds and you could maybe you know maybe somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing could have say everything they have to say about that in 20 seconds but it takes somebody who really knows what they're doing to, to flesh that out to three minutes. And we see that all the time with concepts. I think we have a few videos in the list like this where you're like, are we really going to do this, you know, for the whole time? Um, and it just, you know. And they actually burn out. And they do burn out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harry's, Harry's have a really great way um, of, of making you kind of like get excited about like the very subtle differences from shot to shot and like. Um, and their their previous collaborations with Tor- Tori are the same. The Say That video is very similar, kind of like Tori dancing in the distance um, in these different like landscapes and stuff. And it's you know you see a lot of similarities and 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 uh, they make it work all the time. Cool cool dudes. Hope they didn't, hope they didn't break up because I like them. Uh, <laughs> one of the other videos that I think probably does this, um, and it's a staff pick, so maybe I shouldn't be bad mouthing it, but it's uh, Kiss and Tell by Larue. Um, and I'm not just. So it does do this. Well, he, just one, just real quick before we move. I'm sorry because we might as well just say why. Uh, the only reason we think that they could have broken up is because Chris Black has been tweeting it. Let's just like we could just put that out there and say uh, is that Chris is Chris's fault? God damn it, Chris! Chris Black has been tweeting it, and that is what kind of uh, has put is that, that why out you there. text me on a Sunday and say Harry's <laughs> broke up. I'm in. I'm in line at Trader Joe's, and I listen. Okay, it. listen. I give you. I give you. Tips when I get them. All right, and that's that's. Oh, it's where it fine started. if it's on a Sunday. I, it, was just, it was just like it was like bad news to get on a it, Sunday. I was, it was. Just chilling I, don't, out. I, I, I didn't mean to fuck up your Trader Joe's. All right, I'm let me just put my that Trader out. Trader Joe's, my oh, they have they have unbelievable cracker selection. I believe um, it. They just put one down here, even though I hate it here. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, let, but listen, just like. There are. He said that before this video came out, right? And then this video came out, and they were credited separately. And and it and it and it and that's. But that's it. That's why we 
um, thought that that could be the case because Chris Black said it. So let's let's not pretend like we uh, we heard it from some place. That's where that. Let's that not pretend we started. have the inside information. We no, we certainly we certainly don't. But it is interesting that that they were then after that was said that they were then credited separately on this video, not separately like two lines, just not as Harrys as as their two names. I I think that 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 Chris is speculating and that they actually. Uh, just want their names out there in addition to their duo name, which which I think makes a lot of sense. And so that we can confirm. Uh, let's talk about LaRue. <laughs> kiss, kiss and not tell. Kiss and not tell. This is, a, this is a video, although I like this one a lot too. It does, uh, it's a single single kind of idea that they run run with the whole time. And that's uh, LaRue as a, as a TV call girl, sexy call girl. Well... The, the, that's not what you call. That's not what they're called. They're not called call no, girls. Well, sex phone hotline operator. Sex kind phone. Of. But there's it's a girl there's, that you call. There's a there's the, the song kind of lends this a little bit because the, the basic concept is is a lot. Of, it's very colorful. There's a lot of close ups of Larue and all the video. All the phones are vintage, and um, the, the the kiss and not you know kiss and not tell is repeated perhaps 400 times in this song, and every single time they say it in the song, uh, the the text comes up. That says kiss and not tell, as well as a phone number, which I did try to call that I did not get through. Um, and uh, you did it. So yeah, whatever. I still liked it. Came out late, late on a Sunday night. I was excited about a fun video, and I and I staff picked it. Okay, sue me. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's, <laughs> sue me. Uh, I like that. I like Larue. Uh, let's talk about a video that we can all agree isn't good. <laughs> the Jack Jack. Jan Oskens, who I don't know, someone. Janos, what? Janoskians, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, that's, uh, that, that's what she said. And Kevin, I wanted to talk to you about this video because this this is also a beach video. This features stuff on the beach. Very, very, very. I mean, sure. super you know, similar to the su- yeah, super <laughs> similar to the video that you were done this week. This week. Yeah, we wanted to avoid uh, um, that reach of the wide lens that they kind of employed in this video. Um, but you're right. <laughs> hey. There's some. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess this video was done well, right? Like, I just... Um, it's, I just it's well made. We, we put, this is on our watch list because this will be um, one of the two, two most popular videos of the week. Uh, okay. number, probably number two. Um, it's crazy to me. I, I just really, I really hate the music, um, so I yeah. couldn't um, get past it. That's fair. That's that's uh, we I we understand that. This is a uh, can we call this like ska? Is this this is what that reminds? Yeah, I think something like that, right? It, it certainly sounds familiar. It's a very ska in, influence, and I didn't realize that 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 type of music we're in now. Maybe it's just that these guys are uh, handsome boys, and that could be why they're popular. But uh, I didn't. I didn't like this video very much. Should we talk? Should we talk about it anyway? Who's this guy? This guy, Steve, the director, Steve Jokes. He used to be like this drummer of Sum Forty One or something like that. So the internet says. So that's cool. Yeah, he's done a. a so I, I, when I watched this video, I actually went to his page on our site and watched all of his videos for the Janus Skeins, and we actually have talked about. Another one of his videos. On oh, the, the real podcast, girls eat cake video. The real girls eat cake video, which, funnily enough, also has a token fat girl in it. Yeah. Um, there, and I don't know who these kids are. I can't place them in any sort of physical geographical place, and I can't fit them to any sort of. This is how out of touch I am. I can't really fit them into any sort of category. It's like they're like the ska, like uh, sexually explicit version of One Direction. Um, okay. I get that. That that is a good combination, and the and the and the song is uh, is basically just a bunch of Michael Scott jokes um, over and over again, and they and they say that's what she said after them. Yeah, but the so. video is kind of the, the video is full of like really dirty like Beatles Hard Day Night esque jokes. If the Beatles were super dirty and made a video in two thousand fourteen, and also a little bit of like Austin Powers stuff, where like stuff is happening in the foreground. And stuff is happening in the background, and they look like they're happening together, you know. Like a dude is is bent over, and somebody sticks a, a umbrella in the ground that he obscures, so it looks like the umbrella is being stuck up his ass, and like that kind of stuff is also happening in this video. Uh, this band's super popular, guys. Why? I, I've never heard of them before in my life. So now, and now, you know, I don't want to like because uh, I feel like there is a way to kind of like do this kind of like. 
goofy party fun video and 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 have it really work uh and we talked about it on that this podcast the doses and mimosas video directed by zach merck uh adam you remember that one i do yeah i feel like that's got some similar elements in it but for me it just were it's a video that just works uh a lot better and maybe i just hate this song so much <laughs> I'm just like dumping on this video. Uh, well, the other issue with this video too is that you can definitely. You, I hate videos that where you or I don't dislike when videos reveal themselves in the process too much. Like you can very very easily tell that this was shot. You know, a, there was like a one day shoot. They have the exact same group of like ten people, and they're like confined to one geographical area, which kind of takes me out of it a little bit. I don't know. And then there's like the casting as well. It's just like, all right, we need the fat girl and the old guy, and everyone else will be hot. Yes, and that was it. And that's this video. Um, well, cool. Glad we talked about that. That was productive. Um, I think we, I think we should uh, squeeze in this metronomy one, right? Sure. Should we add this one to the the end here? Um, this was a video that is directed by Callum Cooper. I think it eventually initially came out with the wrong director on it because. We took the director off the YouTube description, and then the production company producer was tweeting at us saying that's the wrong deal. Um, and uh, and yeah, so this is this is this person Callum Cooper is kind of works in this visual style, and the visual style is this uh, camera angle. Um, actually, Kevin, did you when you watch this video, did you get any sense of like how they possibly did this? Yeah. I mean, like, my first thought was, like, holy fuck, how are they doing this? Um, I, was really, I was really hypnotized, uh, kind of, throughout the video. I thought it was pretty visionary. And it's interesting to me, um, I didn't look into the director's other work, but it's interesting to me that you're saying that this is kind of like a through line in some of his other work. Is that true? Like, this kind of roving, kind of rotating camera? I don't know. I think he's done it in a music video before, but I believe that this is something that he's experimented with, this, this visual I mean, style. <laughs> It makes sense as kind of like a, a leaping point for inspiration. Um, this this idea had to come to him somehow, and whether it was just in kind of like a, by, not necessarily by accident, but just like experimenting enough with cameras to get a sense of like how a camera can move with a certain lens length, and like looking down, or like looking up, or to the side, and like how it could move in that type of very fluid, almost cinematic kind of arcing movement. Um, it makes sense that there would be like a, like a, like some sort of preliminary like idea, like some pre-visualization to that. Um, I think, I mean, I could be wrong here. I think it's, um, I, it seemed like it was some sort of smaller camera on a boom of some sort, and it was just kind of using that boom as like a uh, jib, kind of, and just like kind of making this arcing motion with it. Mm -hmm. when, you say, um, when you say smaller camera, do you mean like a GoPro or something, or do you mean like a DSLR? <laughs> I thought for a minute, like, maybe this is a GoPro because, like, honestly, um, those things aren't that terrible uh, these days mm -hmm. at all. And um, that said, I didn't notice any, like, kind of auto exposure correcting. I mean, the, ex the, the photography overall, the, the exposure in this video was quite, you know, quite good from my memory. So maybe not. I didn't see any, like, auto exposure functions happening, not to get really nerdy, uh, but um, I think... Um, I would say maybe a smaller camera just as like a means of assistance. I noticed in the credits it was just like him. Uh, but then he had two first assistants for camera. So, you know, fuck, guys, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like magic. No, I don't know. It's uh, There's a myriad of ways of probably accomplishing this. It's funny that, that you know, this visual style is so am amazing. And then the like the, the the dominant color in the video by far is like this gray concrete, which I thought was a really interesting choice. Neither good nor yeah, nor bad. So, I thought so too. I was really interested in that. I, I thought that was uh, kind of awesome. Um, I don't know. It's it, it was it managed to be again hypnotic on like very subtle levels as well as like this one kind of big you know scopic vision, like the the way the camera would move and how you would move in that universe. Uh, I think down to those like subtle ideas of the architecture and like you said like these like you know gray brick stones and more like, how that would like kind of you know work to draw you in as an audience I don't know it's all all pretty interesting and it, it reminded me a bit of uh, you know Michel Gondry's kind of style in in you know for maybe like early two thousands to mid two thousands music videos where the concept was very much 
uh, you know, the style and sort of the the spectacle of it, which is funny because the 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 um, an, another track of this album, Love Letters, was directed by Michelle Gondry um, a few oh. months ago, uh, which is one of the you know the few videos that he's directed in the last few years. Um, so they and, definitely and be, seem to be a, a musical artist that kind of attract or or seek out that kind of director, and then also that will buy into their their vision entirely and. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get any band to just be like, all right, so for this music video, you guys are going to be running around stairs the whole time. Like, I don't <laughs> think you'll necessarily get everybody to sign on to, uh, you know, not performing at all and instead just running up and down stairs. And so, uh, you know, I think I think Metronomy, you know, recognizes the value in a, in a creative video. And, you know, if you look back through all of their music videos, you know, they're, you're, you're going to be impressed by for, for different reasons for all of them so they're just really a great music video band yeah and there's a megaforce video from 2008 uh for a thing for me which is really really good um their video for uh i'm aquarius um by edward sailor i think is how you say his name also really really awesome they just yeah like i said and, and also the babe uh directed by david wilson um all really, really fantastic music videos. So yeah, they 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 like uh, music videos. And one of these has to be directed by Hero. No, no Hero video. From, no Hero video from Metronomy, but maybe maybe one day. Um, so I guess we uh, should uh, we should end it by saying Hero Mariah, if you're listening, it just all goes. It, you know, you're you're the you're the kind of the crossroads of, the, of music videos right now. It's just the way it is. Just deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it, hero. Um, uh, that'd be a weird name for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, deal, deal with it, hero. He's probably gonna want to listen to that. Um, uh, so, what so, did you say, Kevin? I said I, really, I like that name. It's a, a good name for sure. <laughs> cool. We, nice. we, we have, got uh, we got thumbs up all around for the name. I think that's it. I think that's <laughs> it. We uh, no no Adam Alexander to, to to rule us out. Adam Alexander, wait a minute, guys, because that's what he does. Uh, not true at all. Um, that's now the worst joke of the podcast. Let's end on that. Uh, so, that yeah. was fun. Where, where do we find stuff, Adam? Well, you can find stuff. You can find pretty much everything at the amazing site. I don't know who made it, but somebody made it. IMVDB.com. Um, it's funny. Sometimes we get tweets that say, like, I never knew this existed. And that happened a lot this week, which is always fun. Because, you know, people, I guess they just are like, does maybe this exists? And they go find it. Um, and We got on, the stereo. We, they probably found us in Stereo Gum because Stereo Gum said our name yeah, last week. Yeah, Stereo Gum, but no link Stereo Gum. You got to do the link. You got to do the link Stereo Gum. Um, it's like uh, tweet favorites, don't pay the bills. Got to get those retweets. <laughs> Only the retweets. Um, so you can find this at imvdb.com slash podcast. This is episode 123. And... There you will find so many awesome uh, 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 episodes with so many awesome people. Last week we had um, Alan Isuchano on, um, and you will find, if you want to, two episodes with Hiro Mirai, if you want to go back there. Um, those are from a while. I think our original Hero interview is like the ninth episode of the podcast, so you got to go a bit way back. Um, but Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was awesome. Yeah, fellas, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>